0: If you talk to a cryptocurrency enthusiast, one of the things that they might say is so great about Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. It's not controlled by a government or a company or any single group. But as our colleague Paul Kiernan recently learned, that's not exactly true.
1: Beneath the surface, there is a group of of five people currently ...who have the keys to the software that that most of Bitcoin's network uses... ...who actually do have a lot of influence. How well known is it that this group exists? I don't think it's well known at all. For the kind of general public, I, yeah, I would say they're totally unknown. Every, almost everyone I talk to is like, what? There's There's five people? And how important is this group of five people that have these keys... They're critically important to Bitcoin.
0: This group is called the maintainers. They're software developers and they're responsible for keeping Bitcoin alive.
1: One of the earlier maintainers once said that, yeah, it's a lot of pressure to have, like, at the time, I think it was like a billion dollar asset resting on your shoulders. And well, I mean, now it's closer to a 500 billion dollar asset resting to some degree, on, on the shoulders of, of these five people.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, February 23rd. Coming up on the show, the mysterious coders behind Bitcoin. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at Mercury.com. The first maintainer was the person who created Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi is a pseudonym, and nobody knows who he or she really was, or even if it was a single person.
1: But Satoshi disappeared from the internet in 2011, I think. Um, Disappeared without a trace. But before they disappeared, they passed control over the software repository to a software engineer named Gavin Andreessen. —
0: Gavin Andreessen was an early Bitcoin enthusiast, and he became the second maintainer in charge. And Bitcoin needed someone to do it, because software isn't just code that's written once
1: and never touched again. — Software is a living, breathing document. It has to be maintained and kept up to date. And Gavin made some important improvements he he brought more people into the development process
0: a big change that gavin made was expanding how many people could access the code behind bitcoin he gave the keys to a small number of people who became known as the maintainers over the years though the group has had a lot of turnover right now there are 5 of them and these 5 people have a lot of power they essentially oversee all of bitcoin's code They make sure it runs smoothly, remains compatible with the latest version of Windows or iOS, and is free from bugs. And fixing those bugs can be really important. Can you tell me the story of what happened with the inflation
1: bug? Yeah. So in September of 2018, someone reported a crash in Bitcoin Core and the developers went in and looked at it and they noticed that there was a bug that that if exploited could allow one Bitcoin to basically be spent twice or Bitcoins to be created out of thin air.
0: If people could suddenly create new Bitcoins out of thin air or spend one coin multiple times, it would have been a disaster.
1: That's like the killer. I mean, the whole reason that Bitcoin has any value is because the supply of it is fixed
0: The maintainers pushed out a software patch. But they didn't tell the Bitcoin community how bad the problem was. They just said the fix was for something
1: routine. And once enough of the network had upgraded its software, Bitcoin Core came out with a full disclosure of the incident, saying, so, yeah, actually, there was an inflation bug here. The risk is no longer there. We've taken care of it. But we didn't disclose it at the time.
0: That seems like a big decision for such a small group of people to make.
1: Yeah, I mean... What a number of, like, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency skeptics have said, I'll quote Angela Walsh, who is a law professor. She said that a good rule of thumb is that if one group of people can keep things secret from another group of people, it's not decentralized.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maintainers and other developers often push back on this critique. They say they aren't forcing anyone to use their version of Bitcoin software, even though 99% of Bitcoin does. Being a maintainer is an important job, and it's a hard one.
1: Talking to different people or, or kind of seeing different people speak, you get a different kind of sense of how much pressure they feel. The joke among the maintainers is that nobody really wants this job. It's kind of a thankless job.
0: And they don't even get paid that much. At least, not by tech industry standards. The maintainers aren't employees of Bitcoin. Bitcoin has no employees, so they don't get a salary or benefits. Instead, crypto companies and wealthy investors pay maintainers through grants, usually about a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand
1: dollars per year. And that's not great by software engineer standards. You know, if you work at, at like Google, you can get over two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollars often. So um, yeah, or more yeah easily um so you know I don't think they're like living large and, and 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 i and I don't think that most of them are like bitcoin millionaires or billionaires. so why do they do this? what's motivating them
0: to work on bitcoin's code like this?
1: well, i mean I don't think it's money, but um In the cryptocurrency world, there is an ethos for a lot of people in crypto. And this goes for kind of developers and entrepreneurs and also investors. It's not just about like buying something because you think its price is going to go up. It's about buying something that you think is going to change the world, getting in on a project that you think is going to revolutionize finance, democratize it, you know, uh, disintermediate banking. You know, there's all these kind of purported objectives in crypto beyond just kind of making money. And from everyone that I've spoken with in this group, I mean, they really believe in what they're doing.
0: After the break, who are these maintainers? This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply.
1: This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR Rockstar with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more.
0: To the average person, the work that the maintainers do can feel mysterious. But in some ways, it's very transparent. If you're free on a Monday afternoon, you can literally watch one of the maintainers code on a Twitch live stream. All right. Let's get started. I tuned in this past Monday. So today I wanted to take a look at our address book,
1: and specifically how… This
0: is a maintainer named Andrew Chow. I was one of a handful of people who watched him talk as he coded. It kind of reminded me of a college lecture on a topic I completely did not understand. The way we store metadata about addresses is kind of ad hoc. Chow doesn't give many interviews, but he'll sometimes answer questions from his Twitch viewers.
1: At times there will be like a chat to the side of the screen where people can ask questions and be like, Whoa, like, what are you doing? And some of the questions are really technical by people who are obviously kind of working on their own, like offshoot of the Bitcoin software. But sometimes it's like, whoa, you work on Bitcoin? I had no idea. Um, and he talks about, you know, he just kind of sits there typing away and answering people's questions.
0: Chow live streams every week, but he doesn't share much about his life. Like a lot of maintainers, he got the job because he was really enthusiastic about Bitcoin. He started tinkering with it when he was in high school. And before he even had a bank account, he set up a website that said, I will work for Bitcoin but there isn't much more that's publicly known about him. All the maintainers are secretive like this, but Paul managed to talk to a few of them.
1: I've been poking around in this world for more than a year. I spoke with a couple of them kind of on background or off the record. Several of them do give interviews. It's usually with crypto-native publications or, you know, on the website of, like, a crypto exchange. Mm -hmm. But a couple of them really don't. You know, a couple of them, I don't know what they look like.
0: Here's what Paul was able to tell me about the current crop of maintainers. They're a motley crew hailing from all over the world. Andrew Chow graduated from the University of Maryland and appears to be from the U.S. A second maintainer, Michael Ford, occasionally posts photos on Twitter of his parents' farm in Australia. A third maintainer, Hanady Stepanov, is a Ukrainian who fled his country
1: last year when the war broke out. And then there's a fourth named Marco Falk, he has told me that he grew up in Germany, but he's kind of roaming around Europe. He said he works mostly from a laptop so that he, he can be mobile. And you know, he listens to music when he codes, he told me.
0: Hmm, what, what kind of music? I'm imagining like Neo from the Matrix or something, like grinding it out to heavy metal.
1: No, it's like electronic.
0: The fifth maintainer is a woman named Gloria Zhao. Zhao is the most recent addition to the group. In 2020, Zhao was a senior at the University of California in Berkeley. She was an active member of a club called Blockchain at Berkeley. Back then, she wasn't a maintainer, but she was starting to suggest code for Bitcoin software. In an interview she did with a fellow student, she talks about how she got into coding for Bitcoin. It gives you a sense of how seriously the maintainers take their work. I mean, like for the past six months-ish, I've been contributing to Bitcoin Core. And I think it's like the only meaningful thing I've done in my life. Like, like I, I can't remember what held my life together before, like six months ago. But yeah, it's like my whole life is centered around this. This. Oh, it sounds like I'm in like a cult, but you know, it's it means a lot to me. I asked Paul, how does a person like Zhao go from a contributor who suggests code to a maintainer with the power to actually implement changes? When they are trying to add a maintainer, how do they go about doing that? Do they just like put up a post on LinkedIn that says, like, hey, you want to come manage Bitcoin, this
1: multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency? Well, who, who would put up the post? You know, there's no formal organization here, or at least they deny the existence of a formal organization.
0: When it came to hiring the latest maintainer, Zhao, her name was nominated over a public group chat that included maintainers and other prominent contributors. In Zhao's case, there was some disagreement over her inclusion in the group. Some people wanted there to be a more formalized process for selecting new members. For instance, one person asked why there wasn't a job description. Others said that all that would be too bureaucratic. Paul says the argument in the group chat got pretty heated. But Zhao eventually got the position. A lot of the decisions that the maintainers have to make are done in this very informal
1: way. There's no manager or organizer behind them who has the authority to, like, tell any one of them, "Hey, look, the graphical user interface needs more work. You know, you, Andrew, like, go work on that."
0: The ad hoc nature of this work means there's a lot of turnover. Several of the group's members have turned over in the last year and a half. And Marco Falk, the guy who listens to electronic music while he codes, announced this week that he was planning to transition out of the role. This whole operation seems, like, very informal, given how important it is.
1: Bitcoin aspires to be the future of money. And for that to happen, like, the network needs to be able to process a lot of transactions. For Bitcoin to, like, replace, like, the Visa or MasterCard network, you know, it would have to be able to process a lot more transactions. And they would have to — and they're going to have to make policy decisions in the future to make that possible. Because right now, as a currency, it's not super easy to use.
0: And the maintainers, even with their informal practices, are the ones with the power to change it.
1: And so, like, software development Really, for Bitcoin to like reach the potential that its biggest believers believe it has, further development of the software is like really critical. And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, maybe other cryptocurrencies kind of eat away at its market share. Or maybe it just kind of fades.
0: That's all for today, Thursday, February 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.